So I was a kid that always asked why. And it annoyed my parents to no end. And of course, they were very happy when I finally was going to school because it meant someone else had to deal with that question. So I was very excited when I got to middle school and was in science class. And I began to learn about how the world works. And I could ask an expert the why question. But I quickly realized something. My peers were satisfied with knowing the name of something or the description of how something worked. They didn't care why it worked. They were willing to write down the title, the description, but they weren't necessarily interested in the meaning. So, for example, when we were learning about how trees grow, we sterilized the majesty of what God had built by just calling it photosynthesis and capillary action. And my friends wrote that down in their notebook and studied it. That was good enough. And indeed is true. That's what we call it. But it was far more amazing to step back and re-mythologize creation, to realize that a tree is taking air and ripping it in half with starlight. That's what photosynthesis is. It throws away the oxygen and it keeps the carbon. It's made of air. Trees are made of air. That's what photosynthesis means. That makes us go, whoa, okay, um, way more cool. But you can't patent that. That's something a poet would, would say and describe. And uh, maybe that's why I ended up being a poet on the side before I went into ministry. So I continued to ask questions. And wanting to see the world that way set me on a quest. How can I help my friends freak out to gasp when they see things in a new light, simply because we changed the way we describe them. We take away the fluorescent lights, and we turn on lamps. We get rid of the stainless steel laboratory, and we go outside. We breathe the petrichor. That's the name of the smell of the air before it rains. It's refreshing, right? So that has led me to begin worship services down at Denver Seminary with a bunch of brainiacs who are all there to study, to be in the ministry, and they quickly turn their Bibles into a textbook. And I wanted to get them out of their head and into the heart. So at our worship service, we begin with a mago much like you guys now do. And I'm excited to see this is happening because I had no idea this would be one of the first steps in seeing churches embrace the beauty of letting people tell a story of where they saw God. Which brings me to the imago for this morning, which is about God's presence. And the imago is a prism. So you're all probably familiar with Sir Isaac Newton and the whole Apple accident. He gets to take credit for inventing gravity. (laughs) It's a thing that we don't see, but we know it's there. It's holding me to the ground right now. Thankfully, this would be really awkward if I was floating. Um, But he also studied light. And there was this kind of confusing fight going on in his day because light was something that either was a sum or the parts. And people weren't exactly sure if it was true that all color came out of light. So you had to find a way to prove it, right? Light pervades everywhere. It's the means by which we see. And yet one of the ways of thinking was that the color was coming out of what you saw, not being reflected. So he took a prism and focused a beam of sunlight, broke that light up, and showed it to be what it was, the sum of its parts, the rainbow. Now, maybe you've had the privilege of playing with one of these in real life, or maybe it's just happened when you set down someone's eyeglasses, and you see the light cast up on the wall. But this is exactly like the pervasive presence of God. 
you've probably heard people invite God's presence, and it's interesting. It's really us being invited to see he's already present. God is everywhere. He's in all things. He is in us. We invite the Holy Spirit, but really what we're doing is trying to pay attention with intention. So what I hope you take away from the Imago this morning is that all that needs to change is not that the light needs to have color added. It's already there. All that needs to change is not that God needs to become present, but just that we would shift our attention. We would look for him intentionally. We would listen for the spirit intentionally. And as we tune our eyes and ears to God's presence, we'll find that we walk out on the front porch and there's hundreds of love letters and care packages and gifts from Amazon and we haven't been opening them because God can be found in all of the images and all of the imagos that you see here, particularly in one another. So friends... Uh, Would you be like Brother Lawrence who practiced the presence of God whenever pick something random that happens every day like brushing your teeth and let that remind you. What did that weird dude with a funny name say? Oh yeah, I should think about Jesus. And I bet if you reflect on your day, you'll remember where he met you. You'll be able to open a letter that came from him and see where God was at work and then join him. So I hope that you can shift your life to be like a prism so that for yourself and for others, you can reveal that God is present like he already was.